for a sacred text. The first reading comes from the Old Testament, from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double all her sins. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill may be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out. And I said, What shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is our God. See, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead the mother sheep. Our second reading comes from the New Testament, and it is in Mark chapters one, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me, I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. One other thing before I get going on a kind of a serious note, but something I haven't been able to find uh, kind of just a natural way to flow it in, so I just decided I wanted to say something about it because it's out there, we're seeing it every day. 
um, and I just want to speak to it because I think it relates to who we are as people of faith. Um, and that has to do with the almost daily revelations about um, men out there who have been um, abusing their situations and positions to different levels, um, whatever you want to call it, sexual harassment, sexual assault, sexual inappropriateness, whatever. Um, and I just wanted to say something about that for a second because it, it does, this issue in our culture does relate very much to um, things that we talk about as people of faith and in church. Um, and uh, it, it kind of touches on um, a, a few different areas that are important to us. One is what we do with our power, when we have power over somebody else, what we do with that. We're constantly talking about that in church. We hear that, and we hear that from, from Mary and her Magnificat uh, this time of the year. Um, I think we'll probably do that next week and in, in that beautiful prayer of hers about how God sees um, how people with power use their power unlovingly, unjustly uh, to take advantage of those who don't have it. Um, and so issues of what we do with our power is one of the things that's going on here. Um, another related sort of thing is when we're in a position of some privilege um, uh, and we don't Sometimes we recognize it, sometimes we don't, but we can take advantage of it. And that kind of thing is at play here. And one of the things we work on in our faith is to understand how we fit in this creation. That um, sometimes, while God unconditionally loves all of us equally, totally and completely, but sometimes we structure things in our society where some get more privileged than others, and some then take advantage of that. Um, and then the third area is how our, um, who we are as created by God as, um, as people with a sexuality, having sex, being sexual beings, and how we integrate that into our whole person. And I think our society, and truthfully many of our religious institutions um, over the decades have not done a good job. We've done a we, we say that's right, that's wrong, but we don't do a good job of what the gift of our sexuality means in being a whole and integrated person um, and how it's part of the goodness of how we're created. And so as a result of people not understanding that, sometimes we misuse that part of ourselves because we, we haven't put it together with our whole package of who we are. So I wanted to say just a word about that because it's out there every single day right now. And I know it happens to me, it's kind of like, no, not that person, I really liked them and respected them, or whatever. Um, or, I'm glad it happened to that person, I didn't like them anyway, but you know, that happens too. But, um, but I just wanted to take a minute and say something about that, and if we have a chance, you know, after the holidays to spend more time um, in this area, I think, I think it's important. I think it's an important moment in our whole development of our society at this point, so... All right. So with that indulgence, let me uh, dive us into our scriptures and um, this Advent time. This is the second Sunday of Advent. Um, and as we prepare for the second Sunday of Advent, we're, you know, I think John the Baptist kind of calls us out to this, prepare the way of the Lord. And I kind of brought it a little bit up 
last week, but today I want to focus on what it means for us to prepare to show up. Um, and so the question I know we ask ourselves every year, right, is are you ready for Christmas? Right? And pay attention to what comes into your head and your heart when you when somebody asks you that question. Are you ready for Christmas? What are you actually thinking about? Now, my wife and I are having a great experience this year. We're doing a lot of online shopping, which is saving. It's not good for the exercise program, but it's saving our, our legs and stuff. Um, but, you know, we keep doing it and we keep saying, oh, but we're not ready yet. I know a lot of us think of that kind of thing. But it really cuts all kinds of ways, doesn't it? Are you ready for Christmas? Really brings us to the question of what is Christmas about? What is the meaning of Christmas? What is it for you? What is it for us as the people of God, as the body of Christ, as followers of Jesus? You know, when you take the context of these two scripture readings, the Isaiah reading and the, and the Mark reading, um, I was thinking a little bit about the time that, that those folks lived in. Um, in in this part of Isaiah's time, you know, everybody in that time, if you were not part of the royalty, you were pretty much a peasant. And you lived under dictatorship and domination and control. Um, the, the comfort that was coming for the people in this moment of Isaiah's time is that... Um, Restrictions were being loosened by the Persians who controlled um, the people of Israel and had put them in exile in, in Babylon. And, and they, they were now, as long as they did everything they were supposed to, allowed to travel around a little bit more. Travel ban, taken off. Um, and they were allowed to travel around. And, and, and they are being thankful to God for this comfort that's being brought to them, that restrictions are being loosened on them. But if we were living in that, we would find it pretty oppressive for us. It wasn't much different in the time that Jesus was to be born into, you know, under Roman domination. Um, a lot of controls, um, and uh, a lot of people would lose their lives if they didn't follow the rules of what was going on. Um, and in the midst of that, John the Baptist is out there shouting, in the desert. Prepare the way of the Lord, the one who is actually going to bring comfort, bring salvation, help us overcome this oppression that we live in. But as we prepare ourselves for Christmas, I think, I know that, that especially in this darkest time of the year, um, I feel the contrast of the amazing joy of Christmas, but also in the darkness of this time of the year, doesn't it seem like all the burdens we have just seem a little bit more heightened than they are other times of the year? Okay, maybe it's not true for you. It is true for me. I feel the burden a little more. But today, I'm hoping we can be a little bit comforted by realizing 
that of all the people that Isaiah is talking to and all the people that Mark is talking to, we are amazingly blessed with the amount of freedom um, and possibility that we have in the world and the society that we live in today. So as we continue to grow in being followers of Jesus, I hope during this Christmas time that we can, uh, we can uh, be grateful for what it is we do have, even while some of the burdens of life seem to bring us down at different times, for sure. Um, so, there's kind of two simple points I want to make after that. One is I really want us to focus on this idea of what it means to prepare the way of the Lord, what it means to prepare ourselves for this Christmas time, for this celebration of the birth of Jesus. Um, and I want to bring in that Isaiah stuff. Uh, comfort. Comfort my people, says my God. Comfort my people. And I think the Christmas time is an important time to look for opportunities to comfort others and to be comforted. Um, but as we focus as followers of Jesus on Christmas, let me just share with you a little bit about what preparing for Christmas means for me. Um, I think it's fine to do all the stuff that isn't like directly related to being a follower of Jesus. It's fine. I know we have battles sometimes between people saying we shouldn't do all this other stuff and Christmas is too commercialized or whatever. And maybe it is. But whatever we can do to enjoy life and enjoy each other, fine. But as we do that, can we find the time to really reflect on what it means that Jesus was born? And here's what it means to me. I don't view Jesus being born as some sort of intervention from the heavenly throne in one moment in history to make a particular point about what's going on in our world. I view the birth of Jesus as something that emerged out of the wonder of God's creation in our midst. And out of that development of that creation, this baby is born. Because God understood that we weren't always getting it if we can't touch it. And we needed the image of God to come and be in our midst and be relatable, be like us, be one we could hug and cuddle and one who could comfort us. And that is what this Jesus is about. Something new being born into our world. Something that was the plan of creation from the very beginning. Jesus, God Emmanuel, in our midst, among us. Do you realize how radical and profound an idea that is? It's actually much easier to think of it as the exception of you know, God sending his son down from heaven, then it is to realize that this is what all creation was about from the very beginning. One born in our midst, one, one who is going to redefine power, 
going to redefine privilege, is going to help us redefine our understanding of ourselves as it was all intended from the very beginning of creation. As we prepare ourselves for this Christmas time, I invite you to, to reflect on what this Jesus means to you, one way or another. And I also want you to keep this word comfort in your mind. I want to look for opportunities during this Christmas time, which is so mixed with different sorts of feelings for people. Look for times when you can comfort other people during this time with the same kind of gentleness of Jesus' birth into this world. And look for times when you can allow someone else to comfort you. Because I promise you, we all need it, don't we? We all need to be comforted. Prepare and comfort. Prepare and comfort. This is how we show up. We don't just let Jesus show up. What a radical notion that Jesus showed up, that this God in our midst showed up. But the call is for us to show up. Will we show up this Christmas with a deeper reflection on who this Jesus is? Will we show up this Christmas ready to comfort and to be comforted? Ready to live in the fullness of creation as it was meant from the very beginning. May we have a peaceful Advent time leading into a transforming and wonderful Christmas. Amen.